Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. My name's Dan, and I've been a comic fan for a long time. My name is Dwayne, and I've been with the Marvel Cinematic Universe since Iron Man. And for three months now, we've been reading through the comic book history of Moon Knight in preparation for the new Disney Plus TV series. Episode two of that series is titled Summon the Suit, and it debuted just a couple of days ago. So here we are, full of comics and ready to talk about the show. But before we get started, keep in mind that this is a spoiler-filled discussion. So if you haven't watched Moon Knight Episode 2 yet, and you don't want things spoiled for you, pause right here and come back to us once you've seen it. All right. Have we waited long enough? Is it safe? I think it's safe. Let's uh, let's get rolling. So, we'll start out actually with uh, the, the little blurb Disney has on the top of the, uh, the show thing. Um... They said this episode was is as Stephen reels from the fact that his life may not be his own, a mysterious partner emerges from the past as a war of the gods looms on the horizon. So, Dwayne, is that pretty much all people need to know about this episode? Was there? That might be a bit short-changing exactly what happened in that episode, yeah. yeah that, uh, it's pretty pretty thin, actually, as far yeah. as it goes. Um yeah. And, the, and even the, uh, you know, the War of the Gods part, we haven't really started to see that yet, but it sounds like it is on its way. So what we wanted to do, though, is do just a quick recap. Um, we're not going to go through the whole thing in depth, but this is, in one minute, what happened in Episode 2 of Moon Knight. Steven starts his day by getting fired for vandalizing the museum bathroom. He then proceeds to find the scarab in Mark's storage locker, after which he nearly gets run over by Layla's Vespa while fleeing from an angry Conchu. He finds out Layla is his or Mark's wife, and she does not believe him when he contends he doesn't remember her or his life as Mark Spector. Some of Harrow's goons show up and kidnap him, and Harrow then monologues about his plan to bring about Amit's Minority Report-style pre-crime justice to the entire world. Layla then arrives... Stephen fights another invisible jackal, this time while wearing the new Mr. Knight suit, and things end up going pretty badly until Mark eventually takes over and finishes off the jackal by impaling him on a massive spire. Khonshu then sends Moon Knight to Egypt, and we close out on him looking up at the pyramids of Giza. All right, so now that everyone is caught up on, on the story for this week, here are some of the topics that we're going to discuss. And these are no real particular order. We're going to talk about acting, marriage, humor, old avatars, Mr. Knight, impaling, and Easter eggs. So lots, lots of interesting things to talk about. Dan, where do we Excellent. start? Well, really, you can't miss with any of these, right? Right, but, uh, right, right. I, I, think, I think where I want to start with is there's a, there's a few points in this where... I've really been impressed by the way that Oscar Isaac is handling these altars and these different characters. And, you know, in, in the Moon Knight comics, we can tell the difference between the various elements of Moon Knight because each of them has distinctive clothing and distinctive sort of mannerisms and stuff. But it's a little bit more obvious. Like, you know, Jake Lockley has this big fake mustache. <laughs> and Stephen yeah. Grant is pretty much always in, in, a, a, uh, yeah. in a suit. Yeah. And so they, they make it pretty easy. You know, the here, a lot of times he's moving between 
different altars between Mark and Stephen, and his clothes remain exactly the same, his hair remains the same, and yet, you know, I was watching this with the family, and everybody was like, you can tell exactly when he's Mark and exactly when he's Stephen. So, so I've been really impressed with that. What, what do you think about that? No, I completely agree. I was watching it with with my wife and a, and a friend last night, and they were talking about even his eyes somehow look different when it's mm-hmm. Mark Spector versus Stephen Grant, and and I totally see it too because like you're looking at him and his eyes when he's Mark Spector, they they just have this kind of steely resolve to them. Yet and and like his Stephen Grant's has this more like empathy in his eyes it feels like in a lot of cases in a lot of the shots and i don't know if that's cinematography if it's somehow cgi or if it's just oscar isaac is that brilliant an actor but he is amazing and it, and it does feel like we and i think we talked about this last week it feels like a different character it feels <laughs> like a different character even if it doesn't look like a different character yep and i think they're also doing a really good job of dealing with these different altars, these different personalities within uh, Moon Knight in terms of, you know, they're talking to each other, but the only time that they really show them is through reflections or through mirrors, things like this. But they're using that visual representation in the show. And again, the way that they make it work, it's, it's like you're seeing the same person playing two different characters and it's obvious that they're different people. Um, I've, I've really thought that the way they've handled things visually has been well done and the acting is spectacular. Totally agree. So that's, that's been a great start for me. How about you? What's something that, uh, that you wanted to talk about? So I, we, last week we talked about music this week. I want to talk about the humor and I, you know, we've seen humor being used a lot across the, the Marvel cinematic universe, both the movies and and now even in the tv shows and it just even though the subject matter here i think is you would definitely say moon knight is a much different comic than a lot of the other superhero comics uh that marvel has has tackled so far but they still are putting in that kind of marvel marvel humor and and it just injecting this show with humor i think makes it a lot more fun and uh without it i feel like you're kind of left with this dark depressing not so fun a lot less interesting a character and story and it actually uh, i went and saw the batman over this last weekend and that was kind of the impression i got from it and and i just did not like the movie for exactly that reason and like then when something funny does happen, like in the Batman where he crashes into the bridge when he's trying to uh, catch somebody that's fleeing, it feels out of place and weird. Whereas it feels natural. The humor just feels so natural in there. And it doesn't matter. It could be an old woman flipping him off during the car chase. It could be one-liners like the psycho Colonel Sanders comment during, during episode two. Or just funny things that the characters are saying like Stephen Grant saying I vandalized a toilet when he thinks the cops are showing up it's just I I love the humor and I think it makes I think it actually adds a lot to the story 
Yeah, and, and probably, I mean, we're dealing really with some pretty serious stuff here. I yeah. mean, you know, somebody who who's dealing with not being able to remember what, what's been going on in his life, somebody who's worried about who he is and, and where he is, uh, it could be some pretty scary, some pretty uncomfortable stuff. There's a lot of sort of horror elements they dig into. Harrow himself as a character is somebody who they're going to have to find a way to sort of humanize because he's now murdered two mostly innocent people just for the heck of it. Right. Um, so I think that the humor is also just important to keep this show as something yeah. that's going to be enjoyable to watch rather than just... Outer, counterbalance some of the other things that yeah. are going on, yeah. Because there is a lot to counterbalance in here. But what I like about the humor actually more than anything is it seems so organic. It's just mm-hmm. more than more than really even in a lot of other Marvel shows, it's not forced. A lot of the humor isn't really, what would you call it, the the Easter egg or the the sort of wink and a nudge sort of things to f- people who are fans. Right. It's just actually solid it's just humor. Funny. Yeah, it's just like, funny. Yep, and and in many times it's not necessarily even ha ha funny. It's just sort of humorous. Where right. It lightens the mood. But it's also something that, you know, it's all very natural speech and everything else. They just do a great job of keeping the mood light when they can. And then when it darkens, you can see that happen and, and it maybe provides even more of a juxtaposition. So, yeah, no, it, yeah. it, it just, it just, it, it, it really works for me. And it just doesn't, and, and, and it possibly is, again, a nod to just how good an actor Oscar Isaac is because I'll, some of this stuff is him. Like the, the comment about avatars and he says, oh, the little blue men, I like that movie. And, and talking about anime when it would talking about avatars as well. It's, it's just, it's little things. It's, it's just, you know, it's even sometimes so quick you'd miss it but at the same time like you said it it feels organic it feels like it it's supposed to be there it doesn't feel like they went out of their way for a cheap joke it just works yep absolutely all right so the next one that i have did you know that mark specter was married (laughs) that was that was a surprise because I've read hundreds of comics, and I did not know that he was married. So, um, I, I'm a little... I, I think there's probably a lot of folks who've been Moon Knight fans for a while who are a little worried because Steve and Grant, they changed a lot, right? Yes. But I think there was always that fallback where it looked like Mark Spector was still going to be the same guy he's been. And we'll get to Mark Spector, and then everything will be the way it was before. Uh-huh. It'll all be fine. And now it's starting to look like even the world of Mark Spector is an awful lot different than it was in the comics. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against that, but it is again another one where they are, they're definitely playing with the character in a lot of ways that could Depart- potentially be uncomfortable. Departing from the. The, the character that you know and, and love. The the thing I will say about that is given the the uh, how much affection or get, given how drawn to Marlene Mark Spector has been throughout the run of, of Moon Knight comics, 
I mean, the the natural progression, I guess, is that they get married, right? And and, and like even Marlene during that during that Silent Night book was like, she's envisioning a world where they could be together, married with kids, all this sort of thing. And so, I I don't. It is a departure from the comics, oh, but it's not a big. Oh, departure. sweet summer child, you. You have you have some Moon Knight comics to read. Yet. I do have some Moon Knight comics to read. <laughs> Definitely, the, uh, that that uh, uh, that that could get worse. That so, could get different. But it is. I, I mean, it's it's interesting because it almost looks like you know they talk about him being a mercenary and doing doing bad things and the like. But it also almost seems like since he's reformed and turned into Indiana Jones, and you know we're likely to find him in a tweed jacket teaching at a university somewhere in the Midwest <laughs> sometime before the series is over. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it, you know, where it goes, but it is, it is another one of those where it's, huh? Yeah. He's different too. So we'll see, we'll see how that, how that turns out. Let's, let's talk about Mr. Knight. Uh, we got to sure. see our first appearance of Mr. Knight who, who, who we knew we were going to see during the show because he was on the posters and, and that beforehand. And uh, when we see him is when Stephen Grant tries to summon the suit as per the instructions by Layla and then Conchu as he's falling from the window after being attacked by the jackal. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but the impression I got is basically that Stephen, because Stephen isn't really the actual avatar for Conchu and he was attempting to summon the suit that obviously he isn't going to get the whole Moon Knight regalia suit. And he just ended up in this three-piece suit that, that, that is an altar for, for Mark Spector and Moon Knight in the, in the comics. In fact, that's the, the comics we're reading this week, actually. Um, but it it was surprising to me that that's how how we introduced him and and it, and it feels like he's not really an alter he's not a different personality he's just Stephen Grant in a suit as opposed to another another oh. person inhabiting uh you know the body or yep. mind I almost, of I almost get the feeling that the way that it's being explained so far is that Kanchu essentially bestowed the power onto the body of mm. what he thought was just Mark Spector. Right. Um, at the time. And and then Mark Spector learned how to use the raiments and, and have the traditional Moon Knight costume that yeah. we that we've been watching. But that really, you know, when when they kept saying, hey, put on the suit, put on the suit, when Steven thought of that, he's like, okay, I'll try and put on a suit. And he ends up in, in, in this, this lovely white tuxedo or whatever, uh-huh. um, which is not what you'd expect. But he still has all the powers. Like, he can yeah. still wallop that jackal. Yeah. So once he, once he made that transition, he really, in a lot of ways, these are arraignments of Conchu. You know, he's gotten the power now. He just doesn't know how to use it necessarily, and he doesn't know how to look the way he should yeah he's, so, at, he's at least tapped into that power right yep if exactly. not fully he's got it partially because we saw him basically crush a uh you know a car bumper mm-hmm. and like he clocked clocked the jackal pretty well and that sort of thing but i guess 
my question to you is what did you think of this first appearance and then like the first comments we hear is you know mark specter calling him a psycho colonel sanders and yeah. and and like how much do you think that that cost that costumer or the that character mr knight is going to be how much of a factor is he going to be in the story as we move forward i don't actually know i mean it it doesn't it doesn't seem like Stephen Grant is ever going to be any use in a fight. No. Right? No. But may, maybe he will get better quickly. Uh, so it could be we don't see it a whole lot. I did really like, though, the fact that they brought it in. The way they brought it in was organic to the story. You know, It made a lot of sense. And I, I do prefer the full Moon Knight superhero costume anyway so right. i would be fine with seeing more of that and less of mr knight but i know there's also a lot of, of folks out there who love the mr knight um alter the mr knight uh character and yeah. would love to see you know that be a regular in the show so i'm i'm open to either option it, well uh, yeah to I see mean, what it, it brings us it it feels like if it's if that if that look is tied more to Stephen Grant than it is to Mark Spector. It's all going to depend on how much of Stephen Grant we see going forward. And as we were talking before the recording, it feels like at the end of episode two, that Mark Spector's in control of the body right now. Yep. And, we, and he doesn't seem like he wants to give it up. He seems like he's, he's got a mission based on what Conchu wants him to do. And, and he, and he doesn't want uh, Steven to get in the way so we might not see it a lot but the other the other thing I will say I like the fact that he took off the jacket and rolled up the sleeves because I've seen a bunch of pictures of Mr. Knight yes. in some of the future books that we haven't read and he definitely does that I think I think Declan Shelby actually even posted something online uh, who's the artist who did a lot of those sorts of things talking about how you know, some of these things almost looked like they were panels out of books he drew so, yeah that's great yeah, I very love, cool I love that So let's see, what, what do I got next? How about the fact that Harrow evidently used to be Moon Knight? Didn't see that coming necessarily. Nope. So, um, oddly though, this does have some sort of precedent in the comics. It we does. haven't gotten to it yet, but it has precedent in the comics. Uh, there's actually a story written by Colin Bunn back in, well, relatively recently, 2019, that... Um, Essentially, Moon Knight goes back through time and meets up with a bunch of other avatars of Khonshu from different times, like from Roman times. There's a pirate, there's a Viking, Victorian era. So you've got all of these different avatars of Khonshu from over time. And this was all during a big fight with Kang the Conqueror and all that crazy time travel stuff going on. But So it is definitely something that's that does fit into the lore that essentially... Yeah. Mark Spector is not the first or the last avatar of Ganshu. Right. Um, what's, what is interesting is that it appears that Harrow abandoned Ganshu rather than Ganshu yeah. abandoning Harrow. That at a certain point, he decided that as, as crazy and vengeful as Ganshu is, he just wasn't hardcore enough for Harrow. And so he decided to switch sides to Amit instead so that he could try to do the preemptive vengeance that he'd rather have. Because we've seen um, kind of the same thing happening in the book, right. where there have been times when Mark is like, go away, can't you? Don't want to deal with you anymore. Essentially tries to just give away the powers. 
And there's been at least once, I think, where Khonshu has abandoned him and then gone off to somebody else temporarily. In the books we're reading this week in Volume 7, Khonshu uh, oh, actually, right. actually leaves uh, yep. Mark Spector and goes uh, for this woman that wants to get vengeance, uh, this doctor, actually, therapist person that wants to get vengeance on this uh on this general from back in her in her home country so yeah we've we've seen that i think uh a couple times during the runs that uh, of books that we've read but yeah that was the most recent one obviously uh but yeah it, it was really it was really interesting i did not see that coming and like it it did uh, the fact that he was like saying oh what is he saying is he saying kill me <laughs> right after he says kill you know Kachi nope. actually says it or does he say i you know i am the justice or or you know the fist of justice and and that so he he he, he clearly kind of showed that he knew Kanchu and what Kanchu is about and up to and that sort of thing so it, it definitely felt believable but uh, a, a big surprise to me yep well, that was that was very interesting. It adds another layer, and that's going to be the other thing. Is I think that with almost all these Marvel stories, at a certain point, the hero is only as interesting, the story is only as interesting as the villain, and Ethan Hawke also is doing a great job of setting up this villain who, even while you know he's completely evil and crazy, uh-huh. you still kind of gotta like the guy, right? And so. I don't like that I like him. I, I, I don't but know if I like so. I don't know if I like the plan, but no, the, he's yeah, a terrible he, plan. He, he, terrible uh, person. Again, it gets back to the whole idea of like the 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 guy that's got the really crazy plan or idea, but being kind of charismatic, and and even though you don't necessarily mm-hmm. you know, like you end up just sort of following him because he's the because he's because of how he how he presents it i guess he makes delicious soup and you get to sit around and watch like sea animals frolicking on big screen tvs and i mean who wouldn't want to go and hang out there right yes he's trying to end the world but outside of that he's a really nice fellow so uh but I, i do i think that hawk also is doing just a great job you know bringing bringing tremendous performance that kind of takes this character and makes sure there's enough layers to it that it keeps you interested. All right, what do you got next for me, man? So we see the jackal get impaled yeah. near the end of the episode. Did that bring back any memories to you? I I think this, as weird as it is, may have been my favorite part of the entire episode. Because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that probably for the first Oh, who knows how many episodes. It seemed somebody was getting impaled yep. absolutely every week. Yep. Right? He just, that was his, his favorite way to finish somebody off was he would throw them off a building and they would land on a big metal spike or he would take his brother and he would throw him and oops, there's a broken tree yeah. or something that pierces him directly mm-hmm. through the chest. Um, I think Bushman has died or at least been impaled twice now, right? That sounds so, right, yeah. It, it is... It is just crazy, but that they kind of had that little, almost like a throwaway sort of nod to to the show of one of his first guys he's going to kill is going to get impaled. I just, that was just a, a perfect chef's kiss type moment for me. 
and, so, and the framing of it I with the, it. with the crescent moon in the background and and then the, oh. the the crescent dark coming back to him as the thing just sort of evaporates on the spire it was was just yep. great a, a great scene all around yep he, he he as soon as i saw it i'm just oh that's classic moon knight how yep. else could it have ended right so mm-hmm. yeah i i thought that was i thought was brilliant well well played well done moon knight team but i think that's that's kind of the stuff again we're not going through you know point by point everything in the show these were just some of the some of the things that that we thought were fun we do have a few references to the comic just to kind of mention i found it interesting that actually the um some of the creators talked about how the suit actually is based off of the universe x suit universe x is just a crazy series we're not gonna read it or go through it because it's completely alternate earth stuff and it's it's kind of weird but in it essentially moon knight is instead of being the servant of Khonshu, there's this resurrection stone that he gets his powers from when he dies and because of that he can never die he keeps you shoot him down or whatever he gets back up and he just keeps going eventually marvel like the original captain marvel decides to use that stone to kill death and then to create a paradise we don't want to get into any of this but the costume for that for that actual moon knight looks an awful lot like the costume in the show Hmm. and they and they noted that they kind of based the designs a little bit off of that one which which is pretty neat number 43 was on the locker right I got nothing. I do not know. I mean, I even looked up a little bit on, you know, nobody nobody really seems to know. There's only been one number 43 in Moon Knight, and that's the Mark Spector Moon Knight, which it has some doppelganger stuff, but I don't know I buy it. I think they just decided to use a number that means nothing just to mess with all of us for once, right? There was a WBK32 on the big bus at the end, which I'm sure means Werewolf by Night, 32, first appearance. So they did have a weird little numerical Easter egg there. And I also find it interesting that at the very beginning, when the museum fired him, they gave him the little brochure for a therapist. Therapists are a thing for him. He has very bad luck with therapists, right? So I'm going to be interested to see if this character ever appears, and if so, how that works out. There, so. It even looked like there was kind of a crescent moon logo on that on that therapist brochure too on the front of it as well, which is which is kind of weird. Yeah, I'll be I'll be very interested to see what happens there. I would suspect something's going to come out of that eventually. So, although it does appear that the uh, the museum side of the story is is likely over, I don't know if we'll see Donna or any of that the rest of that crew again. We'll have to find out. All right, so there may have been other references there that we just didn't get, but I, th- I think that's a, at least a decent number. This doesn't appear to be a show that's got a million Easter eggs all the time. They're more concerned with telling a story than with giving us those little surprises. But uh, so, so what did you think overall? What are your big picture thoughts on this episode? I, I thought it was a great follow-up episode to the 
you know the first episode the premiere that we had last week they definitely feels like they pulled the curtain back a little bit we have a lot more of the idea of what's going on uh you know we got the layla character in here now as well we got to see more of mark specter so uh, it 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 went from really spooky not really knowing what's going on to kind of a lot of story and and whisked us away by the end of the episode to egypt so i am i am very curious where we're going to go to next like how how quickly this story will progress from here hadn't thought about that but you're right they did they did an awful lot of moving of the plot forward this week right while still keeping it really entertaining yeah that was a a difficult thing to do and seemed to be handled well but i really enjoyed it i like i liked the new characters that came in i liked some of the explanations we got and i mean again as somebody who liked moonlight just fine the way he was thank you back in the day in the comics i'm still enjoying this and i didn't ever want them to just tell me the same stories i've already read because i've read those stories i've got those comics right but it is weird right now i will admit i'm uh i'm a little bit at sea as far as what's going on and maybe that's fine well we'll see how it goes so so let's look ahead to to next week we're going to just kind of continue on with our comic review for now so this um, next Tuesday, we'll be coming out with the 17 issues of the Marvel Now Moon Knight run. Uh, and then as of next Friday again, we will be back with episode three and uh, talk a little bit about what we find there. It's going to be another busy, busy week of Moon Knight. Yes, indeed. And so that will bring us to the end of our episode two review. We want to thank you all for joining us once again. We'd love for you to stick around as we continue our journey through the story of Moon Knight. We'd recommend that you subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. That way you'll get each new episode as soon as it's released. Uh, if you've already subscribed, please consider leaving us a, view, a review. It will help others find the show. You could send us questions or comments via email. That email address is questions at phasesinthemoonnight.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter. We are at phases of mk have a great week folks we will see you soon yeah, take care everybody <laughs> <laughs>